The Holy Gospel according to John, the eighth chapter. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying on your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, because I know where I am coming from and where I am going. But you do not know where, I'm, where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is valid. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is valid. I testify on my own behalf, and the Father who sent me testifies on my behalf. Then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while he was teaching in the treasury of the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Hopefully my hour has not yet come to lose my job with a helmet. The kids this week have taken to calling me Pastor Not James, which I've kind of grown fond of. Let's pray. Jesus, we ask this morning that you might shine your light into our hearts, into our world. Make us beacons of your light, your hope, and your love. And now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Over the past few weeks, I have noticed a change in scenery in just about every town that I have driven through in our fair state. There seems to be an epidemic of vinyl signs with brightly colored logos plastered on many a street corner and front lawn. Tis the season, y'all vacation Bible school season. I don't think I'd ever noticed a pattern of a VBS season until I was told in my office earlier this week by Rosalind Hines that Southern Living had just published an article on it. After a quick Google search, this was confirmed. Ten signs you went to VBS in the South. P published May 2023. I guess I'd never noticed all of the VBS trends because for me, Vacation Bible School has always seemed to be part of the normal rhythm of my life, sort of therein proving the point of the article. Some of my earliest memories are making crafts under the gazebo at Apex First Baptist Church and on the playground at Greenwood Forest Baptist Church in Cary for their VBS. My mom was one of those moms who liked free childcare, so I went to a bunch of different ones. My mom still has that craft somewhere that I made, a set of wooden blocks spelling out, I love Jesus. I don't think it's unfair to say that all those experiences shaped the entire course of my life. Maybe you have had similar fond memories looking back on your VBS experiences. Perhaps you made some of those memories with us this past week. Now, Vacation Bible School, in the course of church history, is a distinctly American phenomenon, and a relatively new one at that, 
Most historians trace it back to 1894 in a small town in Illinois, Hopedale, where D.T. Miles, she was a public school teacher and also a Sunday school teacher, felt she didn't have enough time in the course of her instruction to give the Bible its justice. So she started a summer program. But VBS was likely popularized by a different church, Epiphany Baptist Church in New York City, a children's director there, Virginia Sinclair Hawes, who in 1898 wanted to get some kids off the streets of New York City, couldn't find any real estate open in the day to rent other than a local beer parlor, which she rented and started an everyday Bible school. And thus the phenomena of VBS was born. By 1922, there was formed a World Association of the Daily Vacation Bible School. The rest, summer after summer, is history. Actually, they published in 1923, which I guess is 100 years this year. Wow. Two things, I think, make VBS really enduringly successful, and they make sense especially when they're considered in light of our American culture, the way we do things in 2023. First, VBS is really and truly intergenerational. It takes an entire village to pull off. We had 65 volunteers this week. All hands were on deck from parents to youth to grandparents and friends across the community. I mean, kids were exposed this week to an entire community of folks who love them, support them, cheer them on. How many spaces like that do we really have left in 2023. Youth begin to learn what it means to make a difference and pass on the faith to those who are even younger than them. Us older folks, yes, I'm including myself, get a chance to learn about Jesus all over again from the voices and reactions of kiddos. I, I for one, had my whole Christology, my whole uh, thought about who Jesus was challenged when little Blair Moore, six years old, asked me as I was teaching about the resurrection, So is Jesus like a zombie? Try talking your way out of that theological conundrum with a six-year-old. The second reason I think VBS works so well is because it connects faith and life together. To put it in a less complicated way, it makes faith really fun. Imagine that, it can happen. There's something for just about every kid, from crafts to games to song and dance, and even these days, a science station. I loved seeing Emmett Thompson scream at the top of his lungs during music. I might have been screaming with him by the end of the week. I strained lifting up Maddox Taylor to help him slam dunk a basketball during our game's rotation. I asked Bree Schenk at the end of the week what her favorite part was, and she's a very thoughtful young girl, and she took a moment to think and said, science. Different things for different kids. But the point is that VBS is designed to engage the whole person. Where, where do we forget that in our faith life as adults? VBS works because it creates pathways that teach our children and remind us adults who work with them that faith can indeed be connected to the entirety of our lives, our leisure, our vocations, all of it. Our spirituality doesn't have to be cordoned to maybe, maybe one or two Sunday mornings a month, that is, if the kids are cooperating. Faith and church can really connect to the entirety of our busy and full lives. 
Now, in my year and three months at St. John's, this is a bit of an aside, but in my year and three months here, I have found this exact thing to be a real strength and value of our congregation. Our motto, plastered on all of our literature and on our website and in our staff email addresses, is this. Let's connect faith and life together. It's part of our DNA and foundation here at St. John's, and it's exactly why you all pull off such a successful VBS program year in and year out. It's also why, if you'll let me have another aside, it's also why we can head confidently into the future in this interim time between senior pastors. We're trying to get Pastor Greg out of here and actually let him retire. We can be assured that the Holy Spirit is already preparing and beginning to call a pastor here that is going to match our strengths, that's going to bolster our weaknesses, that's going to carry us powerfully forward so that we can continue to be a a place where our community can come and connect faith and life. You might be interested to know this Tuesday at our monthly council meeting, a synod rep is coming to help us take the beginning first steps of that process of listening and discernment. First step, very long process. Aside over, because I've now spent half of my sermon and not really talked about Jesus. So let's jump into John chapter 8. In our passage today, um, as I was reading it and studying it, I was surprised to find that this passage does not actually feature anywhere in our calendar of lectionary readings. I was surprised because this is probably one of the most enduringly popular things that Jesus says. I am the light of the world. It's inspired countless pieces of literature and artworks. It's the entire basis for this year's VBS curriculum, which is stellar, by the way. That's why I was a pastor not. So each, ki- each day at VBS, kids were introduced to a new Bible character, and they received a new slogan, and they did what I love to do at church, which is yell. They yelled, shine Jesus light after each slogan. Can, we, can you repeat after me? Can you say shine Jesus light? Shine Jesus light. Okay, perfect. So maybe you can try this with me. I'm going to say the slogan for each day, and then I want you to respond, and I'll lead you shine Jesus light. Okay, so day one, we learned that when life feels dark, we are to shine Jesus light. Day two, Tuesday, when people don't get along, shine Jesus light. Day three, when good things happen, shine Jesus light. When people are sad, shine Jesus light. Finally, when people need help, shine Jesus light. Amen to all of those. Thanks for playing along. The world is in desperate need of the light of Christ. It always has been. It probably always will be. And so it's interesting that in our gospel passage today, the way that Jesus words that very famous I am statement is like this. I am the light of the world. Emphasis on of the world. Jesus comes, you see, not to blind us with God's otherworldly supernatural light, which he could definitely do. He does not necessarily come to shame us or judge us, which, as we know, if we look at our personal lives, Jesus definitely has basis to do. Instead, Jesus comes to shed light on the best parts of our good, yes, good, but broken creation, to redeem it, to claim it for God. He comes to teach us how to live the good life, how to live into the hopes and the dreams that God has for us 
and for all of creation. This is why those who follow Jesus will always have what he calls the light of life. It's about life. It's about the hope and the joy and the love that flow from God, no matter what we might be facing in any given moment. To shine that light is to let Christ flow through us, becoming conduits of God's love and power in our own little corners of the world. And this is why he challenges those teachers of the law, those Pharisees who come to debate with him in our passage. Jesus strikingly tells them this, you judge by human standards. I judge no one. It turns out when you are walking in that light of life, when you are tapped into the light of Jesus, you don't really have the time on the one hand or the impetus on the other to get caught up in judgments because you're too caught up in love. Love of God, love of neighbor, love of this world. That's what this whole thing is about. I'll say it again. To shine Jesus' light is to let that love flow through us in the good times, in the bad times, in the interim times. Trite and cliche as this may sound, I'll say it anyways, as followers of Christ, we shed light. We don't throw shade. This has been, you see, God's pattern from the beginning. This is why Jesus tells those scribes that they don't recognize him or his father. They've missed out on that light-bearing, life-giving pattern of God, which has been from the beginning which persists even now, which will be into the future, no matter how dark, no matter how scary our world seems to look. Now in closing this week, I want to reflect on my favorite Bible buddy that I met this week. Her name was Luna. She is obviously a moon. She reminded us that when good things happen, we are to shine Jesus' light. Now, an interesting thing that we learned about Luna is that she is not the moon, she is a moon. For most of human history, we thought there was just the one, the one moon that we could see. As we learned more and more about our universe, we discovered more and more moons. Jupiter alone has 146 moons. Actually, that's Saturn, I lied. One point of commonality that all moons have, though, is that they all only ever reflect the light of their local star, right? They're not able to generate light on their own. Planets are not able to generate light on their own. They only ever reflect the stars. Luna was the one this week that reminded those children that taught them that a moon reflects the light, that even when good things happen to us, it's only ever God's grace that's reflecting off of us, helping us to shine that light, even in the darkest of those circumstances that we can sometimes face. And so that's my exact challenge that I want to leave you with as we close today. Be a moon. Reflect Jesus' light in your own wonderfully unique and desperately needed way. This world needs you 
and your gifts in your own unique ways. Be a moon in the lives of our children and youth. Be a moon to those in need in our community. Be a moon when family, when relationship gets tough. Be a moon when there are things in our lives to celebrate. Lord knows we have so many blessings. Be a moon in the midst of your stress and anxiety and your grief. We're all facing different things. Reflect, shine Jesus' light, no matter the circumstances. And when you need a dose of that light, when the world feels heavy and hard to bear, when you need to recharge, to warm up your hearts, to jumpstart your spirits, maybe you just need a time to find some grace for yourself and for our world. We're here. We're waiting. Week in, week out, every Sunday. Year in, year out, every summer at VBS. Standing as a beacon to remind you to shine Jesus' light. Amen.